Hello and welcome to the Psychology in Seattle podcast. We are doing a live podcast in my living room with selected patrons who won the lottery. People who actually <laughs> like uh, responded on, on Patreon and wanted to come. And then um, through a little bit of vetting, I looked at your pictures, you know, see how, see how kind of crazy you looked. And you, you, look, you looked pretty uncrazy. And so you're all here and Berto is here. And so uh, it's the day before the live event tomorrow at Antioch. Are, are, is everyone coming to that? Yay! Yay! That'd be weird if they're like, nope. Yeah, what? What live What's the event? point in that? Uh, this is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. Who are you, bro? My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I clean shaggy carpets. So I thought we'd start with an old tradition in psychology in Seattle for these awesome patrons who have come. Well, well, first, let's actually get a little tally of like where you guys are coming from. So why don't yeah. you go around and like... All right. Where are you coming from? I'm coming from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Were you born in Canada? Are you a Canadian citizen? Yes, I'm a Canadian citizen. I was born in Canada, but not in Vancouver. Okay. But your head is not floppy, which is weird. Okay. Very right. interesting. Very interesting. God, I every, used that joke before on the podcast. Every time he does that, I'm like, God, I hope she gets this. <laughs> oh, is there something to get? Oh. How about you? Hello. I'm coming from Ferndale, Michigan. Is that where, like, 8 Mile took place? Sort of. I knew it. <laughs> How about you? I am also from Ferndale, Michigan. Wait a minute. Did Do you, you guys know each other? Collude? Yes. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Okay, so we have people from all over the country, including Canada. How about you? Where did you come from? Redmond, Washington. Redmond? That sounds so exotic. Yeah, exotic. I also am coming from Redmond. Oh, you guys are both. There's a lot of collusion happening here. Okay. How about you? Where did you come from? California. How about you? Where did you come from? I currently live in Federal Way, but I do come from California just recently. All right. How about you? I don't recognize you. Who are you? Where did you come from? Um, I came all the way from Dublin, Ireland, and I am FPL, our famous patron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the one. Okay. You give me grief online a lot. Uh, it's well-deserved. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. Is it strange that I'm surprised you have an accent? The, the weird thing about that is I actually have a very neutral accent. I used to have a really strong one when I was a kid. Can you emulate that at all? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, sound, yeah. Keep going, keep going, keep going, yeah. <laughs> Tell us more, yeah. Go on. Uh, so, let's start with an old tradition, tough or bluff. Um, and, Berto, I want, I want you to challenge the patrons okay. in the audience and see who is the smarty and, All right. and who's the dummy? <laughs> Is that uh, okay. the new name of the game? Yeah, smarty, smarty, dummy. Or, smarty or dummy? We're gonna play smarty dummy. Duffer bluff, Berto. About twenty-four percent of people get no pleasure from music. Twenty-four percent of people uh, surveyed report they get no pleasure from music at all. So, All right. What, what do you think? I'm going to say tough. Why? Because. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just singing with tough. Do you so, do you like music? I do. So. Yes, I think the majority of people... I feel like this microphone's very close to my it's a It's a close-range microphone. Yeah. Do, do, you know, do you know people who don't like music? Is that what you're... Cause like, I know people that like crappy music, but I think overall, <laughs> most people like music. So I'm gonna go What's crappy that. music to you? Uh, new Kids on the Block. <laughs> what? It's ridiculous. What about the chain smokers? Do you like the chain smokers? <laughs> No, I don't know who the Chainsmokers. I'm glad you don't like the Chainsmokers. It's it's a new band that everyone <laughs> likes that I, I despise. Does anyone like the Chainsmokers? It's okay if you like them. 
it's a remix. Okay. What song do you like from the Chainsmokers? I don't want to say. <laughs> Sounds nice. I don't want to say. Okay, so 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 she said tough. She sang tough. Yeah. So Michigan sang tough. Yeah, I, what, I'm gonna go tough. I I could imagine that. That that makes sense. It's bluff. It's way lower than that. What? Any, any idea? Any idea what lo, what the percentage actually is? Anyone want to guess? Six percent. Four percent. It's four percent. So most people like you know again no pleasure from music at all. So it's just like when they hear it, it's like completely blank. On wow, it, you know, and you, can you imagine that? How nope. horrible that would be? That'd be awful. I think they're they're not aware of the pleasure they're missing, so they're neutral. They don't care. True, like me and the Chainsmokers, I suppose. <laughs> all right, t- tougher bluff. Teens are much less happy than they were forty years ago. Teens today Teens. in the United States are much less happy than they were 40 years ago in the 70s. So I think it's probably um, tough. Tough. Okay, okay. I'm going to go with bluff. So you don't think they're much less happier today? No, I think they're happier. You think they're happier? Yeah. It is bluff. Teens, yeah. teens are basically the same, but if anything, they're a little happier today than they were 40 years ago. Well, because you got like more video games you can play. <laughs> That could be the reason. I mean, personally, my field, our field, has been trying to make it better for children and parents yeah. since the beginning of the profession. And so. So now you're going to take credit for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, when I was in the 70s, teachers were allowed to essentially beat you if they wanted to. <laughs> and they're right. not allowed to do it. So that's got to be one percentage or a 0.1 percentage point a little bit more happier about Less that. beatings by teachers. I like it. All right. Tougher bluff, Birdo. Adults are a little less happy than they were 40 years ago. Oh. So adults, people over 30 is what they say. Are over 30? Yeah. So adults 30 and up are a little less happy than they were 40 years ago. Birdo, who do you challenge okay. to this one? A little less happy. I'm going to say tough. No. Bluff. <laughs> so, you think, so you think they're a little happier? I, yeah, I think they are a little happier because I think back in the day, I think they were more inclined to like start a family sooner and maybe that wasn't so ideal <laughs> you know like i think old adults now are having less children going out to bars having fun you know like i that's what i think i, I think okay now. okay so you're going with the irresponsibility theory <laughs> all right um more freedom more happiness i'm gonna go blah wait wait bluff means no she said bluff. i'm gonna go tough i think adults are a little less happy now because the life pace is too fast and they don't get to just sit back and enjoy a cigar. It's possible, but yeah, research shows that it's tough. That adults are a little less, not, not that much less happy, oh, but so a, I was little, right. a little less happy. Yeah, uh-huh. it's tough. Yeah, you're right. All right, Berto, tough or bluff? People are more attractive in a group than when they're alone. Hmm, right. Like a group of people is coming towards me. And you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that group is attractive. E- each, well, <laughs> each individual is yeah. more attractive. But if they're by themselves, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. Uh, so the statement is they are more attractive as a group. That would be tough, right? That, yeah. Okay. Each individual right. is more attractive in a group. Do you want to answer? Okay, great. I do want to answer because I know the answer. Oh. Because of Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother, and it is it is tough. Okay, you're using the Barney the Barney defense. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna go tough as well. Like, like you get a little bit of the balance of each of the faces, and you go like, yeah, okay, there's some good looking stuff there. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna go with uh, tough or. Well, y'all are right. It is tough. Yeah. People are 
tend to be rated as more attractive when they are in a group than when they're by themselves. So, which, like, the folks in these two couches, they're together. They're more attractive than the, the folks over well, here by themselves. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 the closer... Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I was just wondering if it's because when uh, you see someone in company of someone else, then you might compute it as somebody chose them. Yeah. They are desirable. Right. I see. Like, if, if you see them with a significant other, for example... Or just with a friend or even with an acquaintance. It's okay to talk to them and they're fun. They're, they're friendly. Right. They're oh, okay. More yeah, inviting. Less yeah. danger. I see yeah. that. I can see that. What yeah. if the person they're with is a really dangerous looking person? <laughs> okay. Or they're looking at them like, eh. <laughs> yeah. like save me. Get me away from this person. You're like, oh, that's a, they, they chose them. That's good. <laughs> All right. Next one. Tougher bluff, Berto. 12% of U.S. psychotherapists have never been in therapy. 12% never in their life been at therapy. Wow. T- tougher bluff, Berta. What do you think? Oh, Liz, Liz from Michigan has, has, has a Okay. I think it's bluff. Yeah? I think more therapists. More. Have like significantly been. Because he's not pulling a bear, though, are you? Haven't been. Yes. More therapists have yeah. not been than 12%. Okay. Yeah. What's right. your number? Yeah. What percentage do you think have never been to therapy? 30. Okay. 30%. What do you think, Berta? 12%. Oh, my God. I, 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 no, I'm going to go. I'm going to. Root for the therapist. I'm going to go bluff. It's 6%. Okay. It's tough. 12%. Oh. Not 30%, but 12%. Okay. So I was... What did I say? Bluff. You said 6. Yeah, but I said bluff also. So yeah. we both were wrong. Yeah. For the different reasons. Yeah. Is not No. For some people, like our program it is, but for some it isn't. And... I consider that to be a, just a massive uh, flaw. Yeah, uh, to be a therapist and have never even tried it yourself. <laughs> One, like, why not try it? And two, do you really think you have no problems? Like, you don't need any help. Like, that's just so arrogant. Yeah, like, imagine you're a surgeon who, like, specializes in gallbladder removal, and you've never had your gallbladder removed. Exactly. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Exactly. Yes. Tougher bluff, Berto. Unexpected moments makes people better thinkers unexpected moments so when they do right. re- research and they test this out and then they they surprise them and then oh. they they test their cognitive abilities as opposed to not surprising them their cognitions are better i have a uh, i have a decision in my head already but bluff when we are in an emergency situation we are we follow heuristics so you act by what it's you have it ah. you don't have time to think okay wow that's uh that's some Scientific answer there. Yeah. I was going to go Sounds with like, like I'm scared. What? Um, no, I, I think it's for similar but less well uh, stated ver- uh, uh, reasons. It's like you get in a stress response. And so you don't think as clear. Like me right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's tough. I, I don't know exactly the design of the study. I mean, the way you stated that sounds perfectly reasonable. But the way they designed the study, they found that unexpected moments help you to think oh. better on some measure. I don't know exactly what that is. Yeah. yeah. Like when was the last time something unexpected happened? All so, the time. Yeah. Like, like what? I do work like better under stress. I, I, I feel like I'm more creative, maybe more resourceful. But at the same time, I can't imagine that that's a general. That seems... And even, even for me... Ah! Okay, I'm creative. I'm very creative right now. <laughs> I don't know. All right, tougher bluff, Berto. In the U.S., women are 12% more likely to have been in therapy than men. In the United States, women are 12% more likely to have been in therapy at some point in their life than men. Berto, what do you think? Tougher bluff. Who do you want to challenge? Okay, I'm going to say tough, but... 
it's tough or more. That's a fair. That's a fair thing. Twelve uh, percent more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I'm gonna go bluff. I think it's fifty. Fifty. Well, it's bluff according to this one study. It's men and women have the same when they you know yeah. ask for self-identified so it is 50/50. cis cis men and women. It's the same likelihood, which was very surprising to me because stereotypically, totally. All right, tougher bluff, Berto. Men, these are all things we've actually used before. So you, if you remember well... I you don't would, remember. Okay. Um, I live in the... Men, men, people identify as men, eat significantly more food in the company of women than they will with other men. Tougher bluff. Right. I do remember this, but I don't remember where it came out. All right. Um, I think bluffs. You're saying that men eat significantly more food around women than around other men? Yeah. I would say that's a bluff, just anecdotally, because... When I get with friends, I eat like a horrible slob. Okay. And <laughs> when I'm with my wife, I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're going bluff. See, I feel like I made that mistake too. But I'm going to go tough like this. Because remember, it's all uh, evolution, evolutionary psychology, right? Uh, we love that. So basically, think about it this way. You're in the savannah, right? And you've got your, your, your woman mate over here. And you're trying to demonstrate that you can pack enough calories that will last you like two weeks because, you know, you may need to go two weeks and still be able to hunt with no additional food. So you're like, yeah, you see how much I can eat? And then she's like, oh, I need a man that can eat that much because that way you can hunt for two weeks without food. And then that evolved to what we do now. So, yeah, I'm going tough. It's tough, Berto. You- Yay! <laughs> yeah, exactly those reasons. Yeah, exactly. As I Jesus. knew it. All right. Uh, similar, uh, same study, similar to Hoverbluff. I'm pretty sure I got it wrong the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Women eat less food when dining with men. Tover Bluff. I feel like I want to say that's tough, but that's totally not, not me. I'm just a pig all the time. So, <laughs> so undifferentiated, eat a lot. Oh, yeah. I just love food and snacks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm hungry right now. I could eat right now. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. I, I'm going to go tough as well because, as you pointed out, in the savannah, the woman would be sitting there with her little berries on the side, and she doesn't want uh, the man to think that she's going to consume the calories that he needs for hunting for the next two weeks. Oh, so she'll sneak berries behind his back and be like, Yeah, no, I didn't eat anything. And he's like, Oh, I love women who doesn't eat because that way I can hunt for two weeks with all this food. And that was what, you know, that's the truth. So, yeah. See, so normally when he says stuff like this, there's not an audience. And so I'm just kind of like, ah, no, no one's really listening to this anyway. But actually seeing your faces, like, it really makes me cringe on the inside, you know? I'm using science. You can't cringe at science. Right. Uh, I forget. Whoa, what? I was reason why I think it's tough is because of uh, the societal pressures on women to be skinny. I think right. we're really self-conscious, especially in front of men. And yeah. so I think we're like, oh, I'll just get the salad and the water and I'll just have like two leaves. Yeah. That's why I worded it that way. Study found bluff. Oh. Women, don't, oh. women don't care who they're with. They eat the same amount. Oh. They're unaffected, apparently. There you go. On average. We are both wrong. Probably you, you, you're probably for better reasons than me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I I think I'm that way too. Yeah, yeah. Although, no, I pretty much just eat a lot all the time. 
Like like earlier today, we ordered some takeout. Yes, delicious from a Himalayan place, and yes. and he ordered one dish and I ordered two. Like <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm just like, well, I want both. So <laughs> that was odd because what happened is he said, "What do you want?" And I said, "I want this delicious vegan seven bean soup from the Himalayas." They fly it in <laughs> like it's cold when it yeah. gets here, but it's so good. And I'm like, that's what I want. And he's like, okay, is that all you're getting? I'm like, yeah, it's like a rich. But it was like a five dollar item on the menu, and I, I thought five dollar soup to me, it seems like that's going to be too. too. Yeah, but it's but it actually, five dollars. But it's it was like, actually like a big bowl of soup. Yeah. But the thing was, was he ordered seven star, seven star spice, and I think I'm like pretty good with spice, and so I said, okay, sign me up for that too. It was the spiciest thing I've had in probably 20, 20 years. Like, I was, like, just not doing well. Well, because yeah. then what I realized is you had added – so I was like, what are you getting? You're like, oh, I'm getting the chicken and one of those two. And I'm like, oh, you might want to tell – because we put the note, please make the soup seven stars. I said, oh, you might want to tell him – it's like, no, I'm fine. I like spicy. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I do, but I didn't yeah. realize that – so normally they only go up to five stars – but he gets the special off-menu seven star. Because the spice. dude told me one time, he's like, "Oh, you like spicy?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, here's some cocaine." I'm like, "Oh, great. What else do you have?" And then after the heroin and stuff, we like several several days later, I woke up. He's like, "We got a seven star spice." Like, yeah. So that's what. Or maybe I imagined it because of all the drugs, but still. Get all of your rated R <laughs> stuff out of the way tonight because tomorrow, tomorrow we're at the university and like all this has got to like, I'll we got to be, like, be PG. But I'll yeah. tell the same jokes, but it'll be like, and then he offered me cereal and I ate a lot of Fruit Loops and Cheerios. Yeah, and it'll be, and only these people will get, yeah. Everyone else will be like, this And guy. I snorted the Cheerios. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, uh, Tougher Bluff, Birdo. According to research, female psychotherapists cry more often than male-identified psychotherapists. So women-identified psychotherapists cry more often than male-identified psychotherapists. No, we're going back here. You want psychotherapy? Uh, the therapists themselves. Yeah. While they're in therapy. That's right. While they're in therapy. Good clarification, yeah. In session as a therapist, yeah. What do you think? Uh, tough. Do you ever cry? Yes. In session? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I have for yeah. sure. Um, I think it's it's definitely something that's more accepted for for women. So I'm gonna go. Well, I can see that, but I'm also, I, no. I'm gonna go bluff because here's my thinking is okay. My thinking is that the 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 female psychotherapist. You're is not gonna bring it to, to evolutionary psychology. No, not this time. I'm, I'm gonna be straight this time. Um, it. She's trying to be very professional. And professional, for better or for worse, in our culture, usually means stoicism. And I see that men and women would probably be equally successful at being trying to be stoic. So I'm going to go with 50-50. Okay, you're right. It's bluff. Same rates yeah. of crying, which is, su- out. Which is surprising. You're off the island. Su- surprising, uh, given stereotypes and ideas. But uh, I would suspect that if you're a therapist... You are, you know, as a male, as a male therapist myself, I try to throw off the shackles <laughs> of masculine, toxic masculinity, as we might call it, and have actually put my mind to it. And so when I saw Coco, has anyone seen Coco, the, the cartoon? The gorilla? The monkey? The, <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's about it's like the Day of the Dead and stuff, right? 
Yeah, but the plot is inter- it like has all these moving parts and it all works. And then mm. when the end happens, oh my god! Don't goodness. Sup, sup, I'm not going to tell you, but I'm saying like. But you told us there's an a, end. It's That's... a. It's a. It's the, the. I was like not just crying. I was like that sobbing cry. You know, where you're like <laughs> the Rogue yeah. One ending cry <laughs> when K two S O when K two S O. Oh, I've had so. As I've grown older, I have gotten more and more of a crybaby during movies. Yeah. Where, but stupid, like, this is so embarrassing. American Psycho? No, no. I wish, I wish. Okay, so I, I was just in Florida, and my cousin was getting married and stuff. Anyways, there were some kids, and they were watching a stupid, stupid movie, Scooby-Doo 2. But, you know, I liked Scooby-Doo when I was a kid. So even though it's a silly movie, I'm sitting there watching the end when they're solving the thing and I swear to God I started getting teary-eyed because I'm like oh they solved the puzzle oh my god so that's Scooby-Doo too so you can imagine anything else <laughs> did they have Scrappy-Doo? yes oh and I I shouldn't say anything well that was the first one Scooby-Doo Don't spoil 1 it, has Scrappy-Doo how do I know this? Um, I shouldn't say anything you'll watch it you'll love it You'll cry. <laughs> when I remember as a kid being a Scooby Doo hipster and saying it was much better without Scrappy Doo. It out. Oh, that was true. That was true. Yeah. All right. Tougher bluff, Birdo. Sixty um, percent of U.S. men think that the proposal, a marriage proposal, should be a surprise. Sixty percent say, and that means forty percent are like it should not be a surprise. Right, right, right. You should have talked about it beforehand. Got it. Sixty percent are like nope. It should be a surprise. They should not see it coming at all. Okay, who wants to take this one? Oh, we got a strong, strong indication here. Strong hand. And we could do more than one on this one, so we'll take more than one opinion. Okay, so I'm going to go off to Terry because I've had this debate with women about presents, like gifts and stuff like that. Like, they want you to just, like, basically tell them what you're going to give them, mm-hmm. and it better be good. <laughs> rather than, whereas I love to surprise people. Right. So I'm going to say that men love to surprise people in general. So, so you're going tough. Yeah. Okay, so you're going tough because men like to surprise people. How about you? You have an opinion? I think it's more than 60%. I think men definitely like to surprise women no matter what. (laughs) Another opinion? I just want it to be bluff. I want people (laughs) to to talk about this before they embark into this. I'm going to go with Patreon Linden on this one. Uh, Not necessarily, I'm not going to go tough plus. I'm just going to go tough. But I will say I've seen some brutal videos on YouTube where it failed. Yeah. And I, I sort of agree that maybe they should discuss it. But I also like the surprise element. Don't you watch Disney movies? You meet the person, and in two seconds, you should know. Yeah. You should know. Is there something wrong with me that I like those videos where they get rejected? <laughs> it, it is shot and fraud, right? I, I mean, I, there's only like three that are, I think are legit, because there's a lot of fake okay. ones. But, like, the, th- the three, I- I've watched them, like, maybe <laughs> five times each. I'm just like, oh, oh, no. But it's sort of oh. like you need that because otherwise, if it's always going to work, then there's no risk. There's no stress. There's no creativity. Okay, it's tough. 60%. 60%. That means 40% of men, are uh, they want to talk about it before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next one, similar. 9%, 90% of U.S. women-identified people think that the proposal should be a surprise. So 90... 90% of women think it should be a surprise. Okay, who wants to take this one? 90% of women think it should be a surprise. Well, for me, I'm just thinking like... Will you answer my question? <laughs> 
I, I honestly don't know because it's like, have they absolutely never, ever talked about the future and then they're proposing? Or is it maybe they vaguely talked about it and then surprise proposed? I think so, it's the second one, yeah. So, so look, they met at her sister's, like, opening the doors to the palace party. Okay, that's what happened. Yeah. One of them has secret powers. Oh, man. I, I really don't want it to be tough, but I think it's tough. I just wanted to be bluff. Oh, I see. You just, you're being hopeful here. Well, no, I, I, I'm going to go bluff because I don't think it's 90%. What do you think it is, Berto? I think it's like the same as men, 60-40. You were right, Berto. It's bluff 65%. Yay! So about Yay! the same, about the same. About the same people want it to be a so, surprise and not a surprise. I think the sentiment is still right, which is that more people than not want a surprise, which may lead to problems, but... <laughs> All right, Berto, Tever Bluff, around the globe... Can I say something crazy? Yes, please. Will you marry me? <laughs> Can I say something crazier? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, what movie's that? Frozen. Oh. Let it go, you know? Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, around the globe, men have higher levels of self-esteem than women. Men, men have higher levels of self-esteem. Okay. Around the globe. So right. this, is, this is worldwide. Right. Men in the United States is a small percentage of the world. Bluff because masculinity just is like too much. Like there's just too many expectations of masculinity. There's like no room to... Yeah. So I think the expectations are too high. Uh, across the world, m- more men ha- find it harder to be self-confident because the expectations are too high. Something along those lines. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if I said bluff, it means... Uh, so I'm saying... You're men, saying bluff, basically. Men are... You're saying bluff. Men okay. have higher self-esteem. Yeah. No. Uh, self-esteem. That is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go tough for historical, patriarchal, blah, blah, blah reasons. Yeah. You're right. Tough. Who knows why and how do you measure self-esteem exactly on the you know research design, but when they survey everyone around the world to rate their self-esteem, men tend to rate themselves higher. Yeah. Right. Right. That was a. That's. I think a fair agency. Speculation. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know. Power. Like a modeling agency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, isn't there like a problem with that as well, though? Because when you ask a guy to rate his self-esteem, he's like, "Yeah, my self-esteem is off the charts. I have the best. I'm the best at self-esteem." Deep uh, centers definitely put up a front that they have higher self-esteem than chicks, but the actual reality of the of the situation, I don't know that. That's oh, interesting. Yeah. Self reporting could be at fault here. Right, right, right. Because it's not like you can take a blood test for self-esteem. Oh man. Um, all right, self-esteem decreases with age. Tough or bluff, Birdo? So think about yourself. Self-esteem decreases. Do you have more self-esteem now? Oh, right. right. Self-esteem decreases with age. Who wants to do this? Who wants to go down in flames? Krista from from Canada. Bluff. Big fat bluff on that one, I think. Big fat bluff. Yeah. Just anecdotally, as I am getting older, I'm getting more and more confident and like, I don't know. Yeah. So you're saying self-esteem increases as you age? Total for me at least, yeah, and I, I think it just kind of makes sense when you think about it because, like, you know, when you're a teenager and stuff like that, it's like one of the most insecure times of your life because you're going through one of the most major shifts you're going through, and then you're only maturing after that, and you're getting life experience, and then you start to realize, yeah, I don't have to care what other people think as much, and I don't know, that's what I think. Yeah, makes sense, Brito. What do you think? Yeah. I, oh, do you, do you have a thought too? Hold on. Yeah. Let me get over there. 
I was just thinking that for me, maybe I have higher self-esteem in some areas of my life and much lower self-esteem in others. Like in some areas, I used to be very arrogant, like professionally and scientifically. Mm. When I was very young, just getting uh, started my career, very arrogant. Like my self-esteem was way higher what it should, than what it should have been. And, but in some other cases, in some other uh, aspects of my life, I'm also becoming more self-confident and more, mm. I don't know. Like, getting a stronger sense of identity, I guess, somehow. But if you had to answer a survey in terms of general overall self-esteem, would you say it was higher, lower? It's self-esteem, not necessarily self-confidence, which I don't know if they're the same. Related, I yeah. guess slightly higher. Slightly but, higher. But it's slightly. Yeah. Overall, thinking all the different kinds. Okay. Yeah. Berto, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with... I'm going to agree that it's uh, tough is that... Oh, no, no, bluff. I'm going to go bluff because... I do think it, it, it doesn't decrease as you age. But I am going to say that little kids, it might be a curve. You know, like, you're little, you're like, yeah. Yeah. And then you hit, like, I don't know, well, the first major barrier in your life, whenever that is. Well, like, when do you think that is? Well, it 12? depends on what happened to you, I think. Yeah. Like, you might be having, like, a nice little family life, and at 10, everyone gets divorced. And, yeah. But, so it might vary. Your mileage might vary. For me, it was the third grade. I, I don't know why. I just remember like second grade just feeling like on top of the world. And then third grade, I just remember like suddenly the weight of the world was on my shoulders or something. <laughs> and I remember in third grade going, man, second grade was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get off my lawn. Second grade was great. I remember when we were just adding numbers. All right, y'all are smarties. It's bluff. Uh, self-esteem nice. increases with age. Nice. So ever since the third grade, my self-esteem has been slowly creeping up, apparently, nice, nice. if I'm average. All right, last one here. 72% of people prefer the toilet paper roll to roll, <laughs> to roll under. So, Gripe of so, so you know that so there's, so there's over and then there's under, right? Who said that? Someone did. So, <laughs> 72% of people prefer the toilet paper roll to roll under instead of over. Right. Oh, my so, God. Berta, 74%? 72% of people prefer under? under. Yeah. But what do you th- I have an answer. Who wants, to, who wants to either rule the world or lose misery? We have a lot of opinions in the room right now. Preferences aside, there's a right and there's a wrong. Ah. And over is right, under is wrong. So you would, so you would go bluff on this. Bluff. Big bluff. bluff. Okay. okay. In the interest of all that is holy... I'm going to agree. How, how many people do over? How many people do over? Over! Linden, oh, under? I, no, I do over, but I, under looks more right to me for some reason. What? Oh, yeah. oh, no, no, no. That makes sense because he's on the other hemisphere and the, the water goes the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I sometimes do go sideways with it. Okay. But in general, I think... Put it on the counter oh. instead of putting it on the counter. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Where, where it like keeps falling on the floor and it gets dirty. And like, I love that. Yes. That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, y'all are going to get real angry because it's tough. No. What? No, no. How I is know. that possible? I know. That's so wrong. How do you under? It's all sorts of wrong. Because first of all, you got to like reach in and then like pull. And it doesn't roll as easily. It's so okay. bad. Okay. So what is it they prefer? I mean, I don't even... Now I have a permanent gripe of wrath, for yeah. sure. Oh, my God. Okay, so I thought we would do some patron email. Uh, but first, let's take a break. What do you say, Berto? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so uh, patron email from uh, patron Norma. Norma writes, Top 10 best and worst therapists in movies and TV shows. Ooh. So, so top 10 best and top 10 worst. Oh, wow. 
And so I thought, Berto, you maybe just can go around the room and, and yeah. I'll, I'll give my list. Uh, Are we starting with best? Uh, or whatever. Or okay, just name some random names. You know, good or bad. You know, name a movie or TV. Okay, okay, okay. Is it good or bad? All right. What, what, what do you one? think? Well, you name one first. Like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, Sopranos. But no, but that you'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. So first of all, I'm going to go with Clarice, but really Hannibal, Doctor ha- Hannibal Lecter. I'm going to go with uh, top ten, I guess, best <laughs> therapists in a movie. <laughs> So I mean, it works. What cri- so my criteria. What's see? So what my criteria is depictions that I can stand behind. You know that. I can yeah. Get that, hence, Doctor yeah. Was he was he a talk therapist or was he a psychiatrist? Uh, a psychiatrist, I think. Did he do talk therapy too? Well, I don't know, but he talked the hell to her and like got her to actually find the criminal. I mean, like if if I'm going to go to a therapist who's going to make me find the bad guy that I'm chasing after. I'm down with that. Okay. Even if he might eat a little bit of me or something, that's okay. 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 As long as I understand your criteria. Just like a finger, nothing major. You can live without a pinky. So anyone else have a movie or TV show uh, therapist that they want to say? All right, here we go. But I would say Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting was a great example of a therapist. Authentic. Yeah. Legit. More so than Gypsy. Naomi Watts and Gypsy, which is the most recent that I can remember, but there's a lot of bad. Uh, That's a great choice. I I totally, I don't know why I wasn't thinking of that. I first of all love that movie. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, how when it got to that moment in that movie where he was, uh, I'm going to repeat almost literally what I said It's not your fault. Yeah, right before that, but but it was before that. It's not your fault. No, no, but it was... But it's, it's not your but, fault. But, but it was, <laughs> no, um, you know, in most movies, like, they would have some trite speech that he gives, and uh, Matt Damon's like, oh, you're right. But no, I, I was seriously thinking, this movie is going so well, it's going to jump the shark. Because I can't imagine a thing he could say to this hard-headed kid that would realistically flip him. But they did it. The script was so good that he's like, love, you haven't actually... And, and I was like... Wow. Okay. Bravo. That was good. So in addition to agreeing with you that it seemed like a good depiction, like I'd want to go to someone like that, they actually showed it working, which for example, The Sopranos doesn't really, it's arguable, right? I, like we can get into a whole Sopranos thing. I love that show, but it's very arguable whether it actually helped him at all. Well, in the begin- he went originally for panic, for attacks, panic attacks and it did help uh, him. And they, she gave him a medication too and stuff. And that's true. That's fair, but I, and he got to the root of it, relating to his dad and all that kind of stuff. But it, but it also helped him become like he he used it to his own means to become right more. Well, that's a tricky one because for therapy to work, he would have to become a better you know gangster essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's true. <laughs> so I had Goodwill Hunting in my top list as well, but the, he there was a moment when he tried to strangle Matt Damon. <laughs> In session, and and if I would say like, woman again, I will end you. No matter how good of a therapist you are, if you try to strangle your client, like uh, I think you know, like if, if that was a real life situation. But all, this was the nineties, though. You could strangle your clients back then. It's true. Yeah, and it wasn't like a minor. St- I mean, he it was he was gonna rip his head off. Yeah. So uh, anyone else? Anyone else got one? Yeah. All right, here we go. Um, this is kind of a little bit obscure and spoiler alert, but there's a therapist in an episode of Dexter. Uh, 
Yeah, sorry. Uh, and it's, what season? What season? I think it's season three, maybe. Okay. But he's just really cool. Like you know, he really floors and surprises Dexter and stuff like that. It's nothing to do with him being a good therapist. He's just like he's, if you knew nothing about therapy, you'd be like, oh, that guy's awesome. I want to do his job. Mm, yeah. Okay. So it's less about whether it worked or not. It's just his demeanor is cool. And, yeah. Okay. But also, the other part about that therapist that you did, you left out, is that he was a serial killer and would basically he would murder his clients by convincing them to kill themselves and then depriving them of their psych meds. But that's like Hannibal. We already, like, we're okay with yeah. Dr. Hannibal. So it's, so, it's so okay. So when Lyndon was describing it, I, because I, I forget that season, I had it in the good category. And then when, when you started talking, <laughs> I, I'm I still gonna, haven't heard the bad. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the, actor, the actor's name, but it's uh, Paul from Intuitment. Just because the whole series is about psychotherapy and about the psychotherapist. And he made some many awful mistakes, but he also did some. Yeah. What show? Paul? Oh, from in treatment, in treatment, yeah. In treatment, I've never seen. Yeah, so that. is he a good therapist or a bad therapist to you? I mean, he he did horrible things, like he got involved with uh, yeah one of his clients. Right. The first, uh, the, I, I think it was the first case that they depicted in the series. He got involved with. He fell in love with her, and he right. got involved with her in some way. So yeah, I to me, it's like as I've talked about before on the podcast, Hollywood loves to make therapists have sex with their clients. There's some obsession. <laughs> That Hollywood has with, like, therapists making bad choices, you know? Which actually is one of the things I loved about The Sopranos is that they could have gone that route. Right. And she was very – spoiler alert – she was very professional, actually. And she even – there was that whole sequence where she had been uh, mugged and she could have totally – leveraged Tony to get back at the mugger and she chose not to cross those paths. Yeah, in treatment, Paul, I really, for the most part, can stand behind his general approach, but then as the seasons go on, he he just completely goes off the rails, which is fine if your life is becoming a problem, but then he, like, acts out with his clients and and it's just like, oh, here we go again, you know? Because when that show first came on, I was like, oh, great, they're going to make a show about a therapist. This is great, you know? And then really quickly, it's like, oh, here we go again. Prince of Tides all over again, you know, <laughs> having sex with your client. What about Bob? So I have that one in my, I don't know uh, if it's good or bad, but he has a lot of problems. <laughs> he does, thing. yeah. Because it wasn't horrible, but it, he didn't know how to draw a boundary very well, that's right? That's right. And then he slowly spins out of control, you know? But that's kind of a hard one because it's like, what, what if one of your clients like pushed his way into your family's life? <laughs> so deeply, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, New Hampshire? Yeah, you know. <laughs> anyway, so, so I decided to sit down and make a list uh, of all the different – and I forgot about Gypsy, actually. Uh, yeah, Gypsy's terrible. And I tried to come up with my top ten best, and I, can, and I couldn't. I could only come up with two. Oh, out of a list of, I don't know, 30. And that's Hope Springs. Uh, Steve Carell plays a couples therapist. It's a little unknown movie with Meryl Streep. And, mm. uh, but Steve Carell, uh, you know, uh, Michael office. from The Office, plays a couples therapist that I can get behind. It's oh. a good couples therapy. A- and Ordinary People from the early 80s. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, with, um, watch this face, from ta- uh, Judd, uh, Judd Hirsch from uh, Taxi. And Timothy mm. Hutton. Um, pretty good. Th- it's similar to Goodwill Hunting without the strangling, you know. Um, well, what, what about uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? 
there's some really good therapy illustrated there with Root Prick being, or not Root Prick, <laughs> but uh, when, uh, have you guys seen it? It's not Spoiler actual alert. therapy, it's right? Great, it's no, like, it's like they're great. acting like therapy. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's a great movie. It's one of my favorite comedies. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it was one of my favorite movies. It's good. But just, okay, so these are all the bad ones. Uh, Star Trek Next Generation, Deanna Troy. <laughs> She's just like completely like un- ineffectual, you know. But in the yeah, future, I always, like, it's okay. Any empath in the future, you know, like in these sci-fi movies, they're always like, "I sense something is happening," and then boom, it's right there. They never sense it, and it alerts anyone. It never gives them an edge. It's always just like a plot device to like raise the tension, you know. And then boom, anyway. Because just once, I'd like Deanna Troy. Can you tell I watch a lot of Star Trek? But just once I'd like to see Deanna Troy go like, I sense something, and then that actually helps the crew. Like, oh, let's point our phasers this direction. It never works out that way. Anyway, A Dangerous Method, which is about Jung and, and Freud, uh, with Michael Fassbender, again, sex with client, but that's like an actual story, a real, real story. Girl Interrupted, if you remember that, there's like tons of therapists, and they're, and they're just off. One therapist is kind of okay, but there's just this terrible therapist in that. Cuckoo's Nest? Uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Um, I was trying to remember if there was an actual psychotherapy scene. I mean, it's obviously a psychiatric. Meds, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I don't remember an actual talk therapy yeah. scene. But yeah, that would be an example of abusive. Fifty Fifty with uh, Anna Kendrick. Uh, she and with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. She's terrible. I mean, is she the therapist? Yeah, they play it up. Actually, it's it's kind of like a meet cute the way they uh, play okay. it up. It's like. Um, but yeah, she's just an awful therapist. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt with Tina Fey. All anyone, right. anyone watch that? <laughs> she gets drunk with her clients. Yes. Um, Prince of Tides. Barbara Streisand has sex with her client's brother. Uh, Mumford. He's acting like a therapist. And he isn't, isn't that qualified, a band? And he actually has sex with his client. Uh, Arrested Development. David Cross. Uh, the analrapist. Uh, uh, <laughs> analrapist. He's the only. Analyst, analyst therapist, but he's always an alrapist. Uh, David Cross. Yeah. Uh, couples retreat with uh, Vince Vaughn. There's, there's like, uh, actually, Ken, oh, Ken I did Jong. see that. That was horrible. Yeah, Ken Jong actually plays. It's a just terrible, terrible couples therapy. Uh, the Departed. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio because he's traumatized by, right. and he actually goes to a therapist, and she's awful. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Oh, right. Terrible. <laughs> okay, so, so that's the bad. Now, these are just sort of like in between. You got Frasier, Kelsey Grammer. Uh, Did it's they like, show him? I never watched it. Did well, you know, him, uh... he, he, on, on the air, he's, you know, trying Oh, he's to got a radio station. Yeah. Like, these weirdos that talk into a microphone saying in, stuff about the brain. And... In Seattle. Oh, man. Uh, the Perks of Being a Wallflower, Joan Cusack. Uh, it's a pretty good scene. It's just at the end. But I felt like she's moving too fast, actually. Uh, Mash. Did anyone remember the TV show Mash? Oh, yeah. uh, I, from my memory, I remember it being okay. Uh, Equus, which, I've, which Richard Burton, I've talked about. Ooh, I love that movie. Silver Linings Playbook. The therapist is okay. I thought. Analyze this with Billy Crystal. Yeah. Uh, you know. And then there's a new show that we started watching called The Alienist. Has anyone seen this new show? I've heard of it. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. It. It's actually. It seems like Dexter. In the twenties, or Dexter, it's, it's not like, about aliens. No, so they used to call oh, people insane. like me alienists. Really? Because they thought that people who had mental illness were alien to themselves, 
and mm. you know like they had they had lost themselves or so oh. you know and so they were they were alien to themselves and so you were an alienist so could you have illegal alienists ah but i'm bummed okay uh so another um what did you think about keanu reeves in the movie about anorexia uh oh so he never so that's uh uh to the bone to the bone to the bone to the bone yeah about anorexia and keanu reeves plays the head therapist at the group home and yeah i thought i thought i could stand i could get behind it i mean they're trying to make a complex situation into an hour and a half they can't be realistic because it'd be too boring you know but i thought his vibe was pretty cool you know what about the oracle in (laughs) what about the oracle in the matrix Right. That yeah. was a pretty good therapist. She's pretty good. Therapist. I was just imagining Kirk watching the movie about Freud and then going, oh, yeah, sleepless client. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> How typical Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually uh, interesting because I have a lot of Jungian friends, you know, therapists who are Jungian, and they hate that movie. You know, they, they were going to it thinking it was like, oh, finally a movie about Jung that we can, you know, get behind it. And it's like him just, you know, not only having sex with this client, but like, Brutal S and M style kind of sex, you know. Hmm. Have you not seen it? You, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. But now you're, now you're intrigued, though. <laughs> I had not seen it, but now I know that I need to. Another, uh, actually, someone on YouTube asked us to talk about Logan Paul. Right. What are your thoughts on Logan Paul? Uh, so, does everyone know what happened? Do you guys know? He's a YouTuber, and he does a lot of like random, somewhat controversial uh, shows, but. Um, episodes, but he gets a lot of views. And then one day he decided. He's basically a, a YouTuber for thirteen-year-olds. He does yeah. he does a lot of pranks. Yeah, it's for a younger demographic. He, he'll like sure. run around a mall and like uh, hit people, and and it's right. and like it's like he he you know. And then they run around and they they right. they edit the video down. And it, if you watched it, you'd just be like, what? What? But like thirteen-year-olds just eat this up, you know. And and he like has earned millions upon millions yeah. of dollars on. on and YouTube. so he decided to go to Japan. You know, just take a trip to Japan, and then he did a whole episode on, you know, with clips from Japan. But during the episode, uh, which, by the way, he was doing a lot of things that were disrespectful to the culture. Right. That alone was bad. But within his demographic, that wouldn't have lived, you know, no one would have heard of this video. But he did, what happened is they went to the suicide forest, mm-hmm. like, which is a famous forest in Japan where I, I guess a lot of people go to kill themselves. Um, and, and they actually went to it and they came across a dead body and he filmed it and they were making sort of jokes, sort of making light of it and things like that. So it caught on with people that never watched his channel because people were outraged. How could you treat suicide so, you know, carelessly and also show a body and show disrespect and all these things. Uh, so he lost like. Uh, he gained a lot of viewers. That video went like super, super extra viral. But he lost a lot of support. Like YouTube distanced themselves from him and, and uh, lost sponsors and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so that, that was the, in the genesis of the controversy. So what do you think of the whole thing? I didn't watch the video. Um, and I also don't watch any of his shows. Uh, I think that to, nowadays 
everything, everything is a national or international catastrophe, and everyone jumps on bandwagons, and everyone tries to sink everyone Right, because there was this huge backlash right. on him, and people were trying to get him pulled off YouTube, yes. and, and they so, were angry at YouTube for, like, not pulling him off. Yeah, and, and so I feel like it's so reactionary, and everything is 11. Like, there's no reaction at a 4 and a 3. No, everything's a, a, an 11. That so you think people overreacted? I feel like we are all overreacting about almost everything, including about overreacting. <laughs> but so yes, I think people overreacted. I'm the so angry like, that people are overreacting. Yes, the guy's like 22 years old, and yeah. I'm not saying like he should make fun of dead bodies, but he's a kid, yeah. and he's a kid that all of a sudden attained wealth and fame without really knowing what to do with it, and he goes and does something that he thinks is edgy. And so should he have negative consequences? Yeah. Should YouTube be free to like not sponsor him? Absolutely. But I also think that there's an extreme reaction, which is overboard, which is, you know, I, I think the guy should learn that, okay, don't make videos like that. That's disrespectful. Yeah. In fact, I wish there would have been more emphasis placed on the cultural disrespect because at the end of the day, uh, he wasn't actually, he wasn't actually trying to make light of suicide. He even made a, a point at the end of the video about you know, suicide. He actually donated money to suicide prevention. All these things, even before the controversy. Oh, really? Yeah. And then after the controversy, even more so. Uh. But what I'm trying to say is like, yes, let's make a deal of that. The bigger problem is a lot of these kids are watching him by the millions. All seeing like, oh, look, make fun of Japan. Look, his little eyes and little funny hat he's wearing and stuff. Like that's bad as well. Right. You I know? agree. I, I think that getting mad at uh, Logan Paul is silly i think people should be getting mad at the people who actually make him millionaires you know and make him a mil and his brother a millionaire and i also think that uh, i totally agree with what you're saying in terms of like he's a kid and and kids are gonna kid you know and and what what more do you expect them to be doing right uh, and he's a youtube star so he needs to continue to get youtube videos that are interesting to yeah. his to his demo and that's what his demo wants to see. They, they, they want to see him doing silly things and outrageous things, and they don't want to see him being responsible and respectful. You know, that, yeah. that's how he makes his money. So, Berta, let's do some gri gripes or wrath. Let's end with some gripes or wrath. What let's do you do say? It. So do you have a gripe? gripe? I do. I Let, do. Let's hear it. So do, does anyone like hot sauce here? Okay, we got one, two, three. Do you guys like really love it or just a little bit? It's like you're a big hot sauce. Okay. So he would have liked the beans. The bean soup tonight. You would have really enjoyed it. When I moved uh, to, to this country, I was 15. And even though I came from Colombia, I did not eat spicy at all. Because, like, I grew up in Bogota, which is, like, the center of the country. So food was mostly bland. I mean, there's a little salt, maybe a little pepper, and that's about it. We had a thing called a he, which is little teeny little peppers in water with a little cilantro. But anyways, and so I was not exposed to spicy food at all growing up. And I moved up, and almost all my friends were Asian, and all sorts of Asian. Like, I had Japanese friends, Korean friends, Vietnamese friends, um, and Korean, uh, I said Korean. Anyways, so they all ate very spicy, and at their houses, like, they, they, the moms cooked spicy food. I remember going over for dinner to my friend's house, and I get just some rice, some kimchi, and some other stuff, and I tried the kimchi, and it was so spicy. And it's a, I'm sure nowadays I wouldn't even feel it. But at that point, I was like, how could you eat this food? So slowly I started developing a taste for it. And years and years later, I now love the stuff. I cannot get enough of it. So when I go to a restaurant, I usually ask for hot sauce. 
but quite often it goes something like this. I'm like, um, the food gets delivered and I go, actually, no, before I even get the food delivered, when I order it, I said, also, do you have any hot sauce? And they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. What would you like? I'm like, whatever, Tabasco, whatever you have. Uh, they rarely have really spicy stuff anyway. So I'm like, well, what, whatever you can give me. Uh, food arrives, no hot sauce. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I say, excuse me, could I get some hot sauce, please? They're like, oh yeah, yeah, right away. I've been, I've been, I've been with you when this has happened. Yes. You're, you're, you'll see it and they'll be, okay. Yeah. And then like. Nothing. Yeah. And I'm sitting and, there waiting to eat. Right. So everyone's food comes and then everyone just starts chowing right. out and he's just sitting I'm there. I'm waiting because not- I want the hot sauce in my food, <laughs> not like- after the food. And so I'm like, and I'm like staring at the little fork. This just happened to me the other night. I'm like staring and I'm like, so another waiter or waitress comes by and I'm like, oh, excuse me. Do you guys have any hot sauce? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I can get you some hot sauce. And oftentimes, I have to ask like three or four times. Sometimes it never comes, and I finally just like give up and just start eating my little food, my and you, sad. And you try to like food. imagine capsaicin. Oh, this could have been you know? so capsaicin-y. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but why is that? Do you think? Why don't they remember? Yeah, they they remember water or a, or something uh, else. Maybe not enough people ask for it. Maybe they're just. But why don't my they? Leg. Maybe right. Why don't they just be? Why don't they just like ah? We don't have it, or I don't know I don't where it know. is. Or, I, I mean, the other day. They had it because eventually it came, but I had to ask two different people. So I asked a total of three times. Is it a bottle or is it in the No, bowl? they brought it in a little right, container. Right, because in a container, uh, they have to go to the cook and say, like, sure. I need it. It's essentially yeah, like, it's a, an extra like a side order. Or but something. a lot of times they just bring the bottle. Yeah, which would make more sense, of course. And so it, it's one of these decision points. Do I just start eating my food as it is, as the chef, quote unquote, intended it? Well, or bring your own. So I have a friend who travels with his own. But right. but I've told the story of his mishap one time because of this decision. What happened? Okay, so it break in his pocket? This is a friend who is half um uh half Thai. So he eats very spicy. In fact, him and I bond over the spiciness level of stuff. It's great. Um and one year he came back from a trip and he had a little bottle. It was a little vial like the size of my thumb. It was very small vial. And it was deep blood red looking, right? And it was like 2 million Scoville units, which if you know, is pretty spicy. And so it said, it's got warnings, like don't get on your hands, definitely don't get in your eyes. So he shows, he goes to show me in the trunk. He's like, oh, check it out. I brought it because we were going to go eat pho. Oh, no, it wasn't pho. It was uh, udon, udon soup. Okay. So he shows it to me, but it had leaked to be. So he gets some, some uh, uh, not blood, some of this stuff, it looks like blood, on his hands. And he's like, oh, man. So he, he goes, we go into the restaurant. He's like, okay, I'm going to go clean up, clean stuff up. He goes to the bathroom, and then he comes back a little later, orders his food. And the soups come, and he's like, I'll be right back. Goes again to the bathroom, and he comes back. Oh, sorry, and he doesn't come back for like 15 minutes. And in the meantime, I'm eating my soup. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? I hope he's okay. He finally comes up red. And this is a dark individual. Not super dark, but he's pretty tan, and, and he's blood red and sweating profusely and his eyes like bloodshot and white. I'm like, oh, what happened? He's like, dude, you don't understand. So the first time I went and cleaned off the thing, I washed my hands. I'm like, yeah. Well, the second time I went to use the bathroom, I'm like, oh God, there was apparently still enough stuff on my hand. So it started burning like crazy. So I had to like get on the sink and put one leg up and just like <laughs> shovel water for like 10 minutes. I'm oh. Like, oh my God. Downstairs. 
Oh, yes. Downstairs. Downtown Julie Brown. Man. So you only saw upstairs. I only saw the upstairs repercussions. Later that night, of course. You looked at the no, downstairs. No, but, but it was... It was... Um, it was hilarious. And also, you know, I felt bad for the guy. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've gotten a little bit of stuff in my eye uh, for fun. And it's great. Anyways, that was the story. <laughs> He's very poised... And like if he were here, he he would be like he'd be like you know the chill, cool, the cool, cool. yeah chill. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine with his leg up <laughs> on the sink and just like splashing water, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, he probably oh, found a way to lock the door. Well, no, I think he told me that there was no like that the lock wasn't working. So I think he had he was leaning up against the door so no one would come in. Yeah, and he had oh my god, uh, yeah, and he's. He's like super excited about this going on the internet right now. Right? Absolutely. You probably need to not. You, if you just exclude the name, we'll be cool. Okay, so I thought we'd end with a, a brand new segment we've never played before, and it's called it's called Guess the Fart. So I, right. I, I want you to pass out the, okay. the, these things and pass them out like uh, give them to everyone. Oh, I thought you meant. We're gonna fart. They're gonna pass out. Is that no, no, okay, no, no? Okay. Give, give him, give, right. give one. Okay, Each so, one of you gets one of these. So these are the names of farts. So smell them and tell us what. So as you can probably imagine, you have names on this little card, and you have to guess which name goes with which. That was me. Sorry, that's not the game. So when when it plays, bro, can you stick the microphone? Oh, I'll down stick the it? microphone somewhere for sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna play five different farts now. I'm not gonna play eight. There's eight options. There's so eight the, options. there's five right answers and three red herrings. Okay, if you Which will. should be obvious to you. Yeah. In fact, the first one is called a red herring. No. <laughs> okay. So so I'm gonna play one right now, and Berto, you are gonna challenge someone. Okay. 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 So you're gonna go head to head on fart identification. Fart identification. Okay. Oh, so God. so ready? I need complete silence. Can you put the. <laughs> Let's get, let's, get, let's get it again. Let's get it again. Let's get it again. This is making me need to use the bathroom right now, honestly. Okay. okay. Uh, let me look at the names because I need to see. Um, okay. I think I've got a... What do you think? Quack. You think quack. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go honk. Berto, you're right. It's honk. Yes. I know my farts, man. Okay. Okay. Let's just hear the honk again. <laughs> okay, okay. So we're gonna I'm gonna play another one okay. and, and and we're gonna try to identify the fart. So this is a new Okay, that is called the rainbow. The rainbow sparkle. I Okay, 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 okay. So quiet. Play it again, Sam. <laughs> Alright, anyone care to wager? Wait wager to care? Uh I'm gonna go with the quack. Okay, this time you're going quack. Uh, what do you think? Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, sure. That does sound quacky enough to me. I'm going quack. You guys are amazing. That is the quack. This crowd over here, very good at identifying farts. <laughs> okay, so let's try uh, number three. <laughs> okay, it's... Let's so that again. <laughs> I can never get enough of that. I mean, okay, who wants to take a crack at that one? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to try? Okay, one more time. <laughs> it's the blowing my nose. 
Wait, you guys just went, but you want to, you want to, okay. We got no volunteers here, so okay. I'm going to go with the brown mosquito. Brown mosquito? Uh, yeah. Honorable mention. Wait a minute. Play that again. Brown mosquito sounds, yeah, I could see that. But, but what did you have? No, I thought if it's not brown mosquito, it might be windbag, but I'm I'm sure it's brown mosquito. Brown mosquito? What's your first answer? Windbag. Windbag? It's Mary, right? Yeah. Mary's excellent. She oh, gets the it's, it's a windbag. windbag. Oh, I was a windbag. Yeah, very good. You All got right. us that time. All right, dialing it in. <laughs> this is number four. You may file. Not only did I step on the fart, the fart stepped on my joke, and it took like an hour. Do it again. Film your face. Do it again. Film your own face. Film your face. Okay, go. That's not, that's, that's not human. Eyes without a face, fart without a butt. All right, challenge, bro. Okay. You're going. You're going. Brown mosquito. mosquito. That's the brown mosquito. I mean, that sounds like an atomic bomb or something. Uh, what I guess so. Yeah. Okay. I'm going brown mosquito. What too. about Mary? She, uh, what do you guys got? <laughs> flyby. Oh. No, I'm not doing the flyby on this. You one. let me down, Mary. It's the brown mosquito. Brown mosquito. It because a flyby would have to have a little more, like yeah. a little yeah. That's a little bit more whiskey. Yes. I I went. I was surprised though. This sounded like a. A mosquito seems so light and airy. This thing was like the more like the locust swarm. <laughs> you guys are talking about it like a fine wine. <laughs> I'm detecting a little nuttiness. <laughs> All right, okay, last one, number five. <laughs> There's several stages to this one. Yeah. It's like a symphony. <laughs> <laughs> there was one more movement left. That, okay. That's that's one when you really have to let it out, and you and you're you don't want to, but you're you're trying to muffle it, and it's it's just making it louder. You're just shooting yourself in the own, your own foot by trying to, you know, oh, muffle man. it. Oh, muffler, because you're trying to muffle it. Yeah, he's it. trying to it's muffle it. Yeah. Is he giving us hints here? No, that's not a hint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any yeah. other guesses? I'm going muffler. Chris is going, Chris is going muffler. I mean, we had... That's not a hammer. That's not a hammer. No, that's a hammer. Um, yeah, hammer. Yeah, that'd be right. too. Yeah. So muffler could be it. Yeah. It's not a wipeout either. Like a wipeout. I can imagine. Wipeout would be like... What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go wipeout. I like wipeout. I like wipeout. I like wipeout, anyone? Muffler? Muffler. No, we did win back. We did win back. She, she was, you, you did the win back, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Muffler. It's, it's the muffler. <laughs> And it, what was that song from when we were kids? Everyone likes the muffler man, the muffler man, the muffler man. It is, no one got it right, it's the flyby. What? Flyby. Let's see. I'll play, I'll play the muffler, I'll play the muffler. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll play. <laughs> 
I'll play the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the hammer of the gods. <laughs> uh, what was the other one I didn't play? The wipeout. The, the, wipe the wipeout. Oh, God, where's that one? Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Okay, this is the, that one was the violent. worst best segment we've ever done. That's that one was violent. All right, well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Oh my gosh. Yay! We survived the muffler. Oh, wait, it wasn't the muffler. The flyby. <laughs> Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because. <laughs> you deserve it. Thank you.